Welcome back to Wellness Wisdom. I'm excited to dive into a, another thought-provoking discussion today as we explore the intersection of financial stress, holistic wellness, and our upcoming holiday season. I'm sure you all are feeling it right now. This time of year can really bring immense joy, right? But it can also bring about financial strain and that affects our mind, our body, and our spirit. So joining me is a group of our experienced health coaches who will share their insights and tips on how to navigate the season with a focus on well-being and meaningful connections. So let's jump in. Today we have myself, Shannon Spears, Jane Phillips, Kathy Riley, Bobby McGrath, and Sarah Beaton. Welcome, everyone. And I just want to import here as well um, our medical disclaimer. As always, we are not medical licensed professionals. Any education that you receive here is just used for that alone education um, and any type of changes that you make, which we're not going to be talking a whole lot about health itself today, um, is any information that you use. Just make sure that you talk with your doctor about it if you're making any health changes, anything like that. So. All right, let's jump in. The holidays, the lovely holidays. We've got Thanksgiving, we've got Christmas, and we have New Year's. Even after that, we have Easter shortly after that, which kind of falls into that holiday season and gifts and everything, right? So as we dive into our conversation, it's really crucial to acknowledge the financial stress that often comes with these holidays, right? from gift expenses to travel costs because we're traveling to families' houses. Those pressures can really add up, cause undue strain. We have kids' behavior, of course, right? Um, and it doesn't just affect our wallets. It seeps into our mental, our emotional, and even our physical well-being. So I want to start off today's conversation just kind of chatting and talking about um, some examples of how financial health tends to impact people during the holiday season. I know from myself, from my family, my husband is always on edge. Um, I've raised my kids to really understand that things like physical gifts don't matter. When they were growing up, I would rather have something they created for me than any gift they went out with dad and bought for me. Um, mm -hmm. So for them, they really kind of got that down, but my husband still struggles with, but if, what if they expect, they should expect this, or you know, what about that? We need to do this. And I'm always just kind of like, it's okay, it's all right. You know, with, this is what we've taught our children. But we also have extended family members. We literally have had to walk away and not join them at Christmas because it is all about the gifts. And we don't. We don't provide gifts for, you know, our nieces and nephews and expect them to give us gifts. But they always want to give us stuff. And it's just one of those situations where we've had to walk away from No, The holidays for us are much more than that. There's more important things um, for us to focus on during the season. So... What has been your experiences? What do you see in yourself, in other people that you know this time of year that that financial stress and how it impacts them? Bobby, how about you go first? Alrighty. I feel like that's the, the holiday time of the year is like a very time of the year that a lot of people struggle with and you don't even know what's going on in everyone's backyard, right? You don't know what their year was like. You don't know necessarily what their financial situation is. A lot of people can hide financial stress and don't want to talk about it, which is normal. 
very normal. And because of the fact that you don't necessarily know maybe what their stress load is um, emotionally at that time of the year is also very high. Um, and a lot of times people associate there's patterns that they've grown up with, right? That, that the more you spend, the more that, that love is displayed. And I think that that is something that, that's a really hard thing to tackle. Um, and just what you were talking about, Shannon, your family has a different platform or different, I don't want to say values, but really truly valued Christmas differently or the holidays differently. So um, I think anytime you're, you're having issues or you're planning things or you're, you know, looking forward to the holidays, there's always going to be that issue of somebody's going to have financial stress. And whether they bring it up or not, it's going to play into your plans. Um, a lot of times with people with financial stress tend to withdraw, um, meaning that they, they don't participate in the planning because they don't feel like they can. They, they don't have the money to plan. They don't have the money to show up with um, gifts for everyone. They don't have the time off of work or they don't have necessarily the finances to travel to, to be with family. And it's hard to say, you know, I can't come because I don't have the money. It's hard to say that. So I think the mindfulness of planning at this time of the year is very important that you don't, you know, just assume that everybody's got all the cash in the bank that they can spend it on because people will do things like self-sabotage themselves. They'll get sick or pretend that they're sick. Maybe they'll show up and leave early. There's all kinds of things that people do even health wise um, that can impact their health. So just, more mindfulness and more intention at this time of the year can really be, and communication can be a really big benefit, I feel like. Jane, what are some of your thoughts? Well, I know first and foremost, a lot of people experience anxiety and depression uh, linked to all these expectations that we've just been talking about. There's, It's ingra ingrained into our society, right? So to have those difficult and meaningful conversations is really important, like Bobby says, to communicate, hey, I'm not doing so well this year with the money. Um, I hope you understand. Maybe I'll make it up to you or we'll we'll just redesign a whole new plan for next year. And just, you know, people are people, right? They'll understand. If they don't understand, then so be it, right? And so it's important to make the plan around that so that you are not getting so anxious and depressed about it and just realize it's meant for getting together, enjoying each other's company, some good food, whatnot, making memories. And so if you keep uh, sight of that, I think it's going to be uh, an enjoyable occasion for everybody. Very well said. Sarah. Yeah, I just have a few things to add. So I would say financial stress can definitely lead to health consequences. So um, sleep disturbances, um, high blood pressure, just other stress-related conditions, especially during the holidays. Um, also, it's impact on children. So if you're a parent and you're experiencing financial stress, you're used to giving a certain level of gifts each holiday. The kids maybe are too young to understand that you're under financial stress. So they either don't understand or they you know, have those feelings of disappointment. So that can be an issue. And then delayed financial goals. So if you're having financial stress, um, that's going to take away from any investments and even paying off your debt. You're going to be, you know, seeing that again after the holidays and wishing that maybe that you hadn't hadn't spent that money. 
Absolutely. And, you know, the statistics show that during this time of year, the holiday season, there's more, more alcohol related issues. There's more drug related issues. There's higher suicides during this time of year. Um, and so it's, I think it's really important that we're addressing this topic today because obviously our health coaches is to help people turn some of their perceptions around about the holiday seasons and take that stress off. You know, we talk about stress perception rather than stress management um, in several of our episodes and being able to really help them look at this topic in this holiday season from a whole new light and be able to continue that as as we move on. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a household like you were mentioning, um, Sarah, like there was a lot of um, fighting around the holidays, especially. And my father was one, like he wanted to make sure we had everything that we had asked for plus some and, and my mother, you know, didn't agree. And so being brought up in that situation, like I growing up and, and when we had kids, like I didn't want that type of a situation with my kids. I wanted to avoid it at all costs. And so it's never been about the gifts, you know, but also, you know, people who sometimes come from lower demographics and they, they don't have a lot of things at Christmas growing up. Sometimes the opposite thoughts can happen, even though that stress is still there. When they get older, they want to be able to provide everything that their kids want, you know, for Christmases or provide the big Thanksgiving feasts and everything because they didn't have that growing up. They didn't have a lot of family members. So I think it's important for our listeners to really understand and, and just take a step back and think about how what we saw growing up, what we experienced growing up, the values, the beliefs, everything around us during these holiday seasons, just kind of take a few minutes to step back and go, how does that influence what I'm doing during this holiday season, the stress that I put myself under because I feel a certain way, right? Um, you know, with holistic wellness, we emphasize the interconnection between our mind, body, and spirit. And this is definitely one of those ways that when we take a second to look, we can see this happening, you know, if we stop and look at it. Um, the impact of financial health on these facets, just we can't understate them enough, you know. Research shows that financial stress triggers anxiety, it disrupts sleep, it has a strain on, on relationships, there's a lot of divorce that happens during the holidays, um, and it causes us to make very rash decisions. So let's take a, a minute to talk a little bit deeper about how maintaining good financial health can contribute to our overall wellness. Jane, how about you? What's some thoughts you have? Okay, so definitely there is an element of increased happiness when you are you know, taking time to foster good financial health, right? So um, it can lead to increased happiness and life satisfaction. And by reducing financial stress and improving your overall well-being, uh, you can enjoy a happier life overall. Um, another one is increased uh, productivity. So if your financial uh, situation is better, you're going to be more productivity, you know, have more productivity through your work and, and, and other things that are in your life. So yeah, just basically those, it, it, they're all interconnected, right? So it's, it's just a little bit of a thought process around, will I take the measures now to make sure that my financial 
situation is in better shape so that I can feel this, right? Because one thing builds on another, much in the way that you would read tiny habits or something, that you would learn this habit of doing X and you would get Y. And and so you're you're they're helping, they're coexisting together to produce a better lifestyle overall. So that's my that's my take on that. You know, I when we decided Shannon and all of us to do this wellness financial wellness podcast, I decided to seek a source. My husband's a financial planner, and I asked him. I said, "What do you see with your clients that are maintaining their financial wellness, and then the ones who get themselves into trouble?" And he's he basically boiled it down to the the choices that they're making. One are impulsive. Um, they're not necessarily using um, their intellect. They're doing it on feelings, which is huge at this time of the year, right? That you want to be able to come and show your love to somebody and give them something or mend a fence or, you know, there's always intentions and other alternatives. But the other thing is, is that when you choose to stay within your financial budget, you are improving your self-confidence and your self-esteem. You're going to feel better. And um, I'm not sure who mentioned it, but like, I think Sarah, you mentioned it after Christmas you got to clean up the aftermath, right? Where are you going to land in January if you've overspent and you've maxed out your credit cards or you really didn't stick to your budget? And so those are the things that you kind of have to keep in mind of that when you're thinking about your financial health, it is impacting your stress level, your self-esteem, all your confidence and how you spend your money. You know, also working with making sure that you plan ahead um, that that you're communicating to yourself, like, I'm not going to do that, you know, that last week of Christmas where, I mean, let's face it, social media and, um, you know, all the ads and things, they're, they're, they're sending us into sympathetic mode, right? Oh, I didn't get enough. I didn't get enough. I need one more gift. I need the bigger gift. I need that special thing or that trendy item. And try to really keep that in check by making making time to spend, to plan and budget and then really stick to a budget because what's what what use is a budget if you don't use it? It really doesn't make much sense. And I think, Sarah, you talked a little bit about that um, earlier about your financial freedom. And I think that's something that definitely would be cool to hear more about. Hey, Kathy, do you have um, anything else to add on this? I know, like Bobby, you were saying, like it's really what you're indicating is that got to have it now. Like we have, we live in that society right now. If we got to have it now. We have that fear of missing out. Right. One of the best things we ever did when my kids were younger, which leads into what you said about social media is we took out cable TV. Like we didn't have cable TV. Like we would sit down, you know, every so often watch the movie as a family. I would allow the kids to watch like maybe some cartoons on Saturday morning or something. Right. But that was it for the most part, like things weren't on all the time. And then social media comes about and I'm going, Oh God, <laughs> because all of the marketing and everything that happens on there. And so I would start getting messages from my kids. What about this for Christmas? What about that for Christmas? You know, and, and we had to do things like, okay, but do you have to have it? Is, do you need this for a reason? Or is it just something you want? And in three weeks from now, you're going to forget about it. Right. So, you have to order some of your thoughts. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, it's wants versus needs. You know, I mean, that's one of the life lessons that we learn as we're growing up, you know, and, and getting out on our own. You know, you have to put some of those things behind so that you can, well, 
initially just so you can pay the rent you know, and put food on the table, you know, and then these wonderful things of credit cards come up and, you know, you get yourself into trouble. So, you know, put those, you know, cut up those credit cards at this time of year, you know, just don't, don't get yourself into worse trouble because in, in reality, in the long run, you know, if you have your financial situation in order, you're going to have reduced stress and, you know, better mental health and physical health altogether because stress causes so many health issues. So don't get yourself into that situation. Really try to budget and um, keep away from those credit cards. I always looked at that and my husband and I, my husband and I are very good with, you know, credit cards and things like that. We've learned from both of our parents to not get ourselves into trouble, but, you know, to really look and go, okay, if we're buying this, like if it's an expensive item and we're buying this with a credit card, what's the timeline to pay that off? Like we literally are sitting down with a budget and going, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to pay this off. When does the interest rate kicked in and kick in for this? Because we want to make sure we pay it off before then, you know? Um, and if that means getting rid of some other items to be able to pay for that, then, then that's what we're doing because we want that financial freedom. We don't want the holidays to hinder any, anything, you know, of our financial wellness. So Sarah, what, what are some, thoughts that you have, because I know your husband was also in finance. Yes. Um, and so you want to talk about some financial stability? Yeah, um, definitely. When you're in the mode of financial stability, you're going to have enhanced physical health because you're going to have the money to have access to those services, whether it be a provider that you want to see or that chiropractor appointment, um, buying organic food, you know, all the healthy things that we all love, that's going to be attainable. Um, again, like you said, Bobby, financial freedom. So you're able to pursue passions and hobbies you love, right? It's going to make you a happier person. And lastly, better relationships. So you're going to have less tension when you have, when you're financially stable and you're going to have better communication. There's nothing worse than when you don't have financial stability. We all know the communication just goes down the tubes, right? There's a lot of blaming. Absolutely. And I said, you know, divorce is very, very high during the holiday season because of that, because there's lack of communication. Um, you know, maybe one spouse is going and getting things when there's been an agreement that they're not going to do things or, you know, just that lack of communication. Right. And and it comes from a lot of the the, the pressure we get from social yeah. media, from right. the TV ads and everything. Right. It's just that instant. Like gratification. Yeah. And that's what our culture is. It's an instant mm -hmm. gratification culture. So we have to have it. Um, and that's why I mentioned before, you know, I have to ask my kids, are you going to use this? Or is this just something that three weeks from now, you're going to forget, it's going to sit on a shelf collecting dust, and you're not going to use it, right? Because if it is, we're not getting it. And so it makes them sit and think even more in depth, do I really need this? Will I use this long term? Will someone else also use this, you know, in, in the family? So moving on, let's discuss the importance of financial health as a pillar of overall well-being. We all, um, as holistic health coaches, talk about this with our clients um, and educate on financial wellness. Um, by cultivating a positive relationship with money, we empower ourselves to meet our needs, reduce our stress levels, and this extends beyond just managing finances, right? It has a profound effect on our mental and our emotional state. So what are some practical steps that individuals can take to improve their financial health 
particularly in preparation for this upcoming holiday season, but they could also apply other areas throughout the year. Yeah, so some powerful ones. Uh, the first one I can think of is to automate your savings. So this is, uh, you take an app that rounds up your purchases and transforms transfers to your difference to your savings, right? So from your paycheck. And then you can save money without even thinking about it. It's just automatic. You don't have to handle the money in any way. It's, it's Zoom right there, right? And so this is one way to save for holidays, retirement, uh, holiday gift, vacation, anything like that. Health fund even. That's yep. another way to do it. Uh, you can create a financial plan and it can cover various aspects of your finances. Uh, you can go to budgeting, saving, investing, uh, insurance, uh, estate planning, and taxes. There, there's a lot of things you can do with that. And another tool I would suggest, and I've done this myself, is take a jar and do a 52-week savings plan. So all you do, need to do is go out on the internet and you, you uh, print out this uh, 52 savings plan worksheet. And you just uh, you just mark it off each week how much you're putting in there, and it, it you know has like a, an itemized lines of how much your earnings are on, for example, week week 13. It will tell you how much is in your in your uh, jar. So that was just a simple way to you know save money at home, and you can even get your kids involved with that. They can put the money in, they can see how the money's quote unquote growing. And it's just a fun family activity to do. And you'll have the money for whatever purpose that you're needing to have it for. And so that's powerful. Yeah, I think that's like, you know, kind of like the envelope system, right? Like from Dave Ramsey, just kind of putting things, this is for gas, this is for food, this is for savings. We taught our kids the same thing every time when they would get a job. Okay, this is what we're going to teach you now, you know, and we've been able to expand from that. Bobby, what are some of your thoughts? I don't know about you guys, but it always seems like I, throughout the year, come across things that I'm, I will kind of think, oh, that'd be great for so-and-so. And then you get to that time of the year. For me, it's more, you know, December. I don't, I'm not an early shopper necessarily, but this, this tip I have for you help, will help. I got this app um, and there's tons of apps out there, but one, it's called To Do. It's by Microsoft and you can make lists in the app and I put on their Christmas and I have lists for different people. And the thing that happens is at Christmas time, especially if you're giving gifts at Christmas time, you pretty much can get to about 90% of the people that you're going to make the list for. There's always that extra person that might pop in there, but by June 25th, like six months into the year, you can make that list and start really kind of just putting down what you would like to get for that person and then put a budget line item number on it. Like, what am I going to spend on it? But what's nice about the to-do app is that as I'm going through the store, like this week, happened to run across three um, items that I wanted to put in as stocking stuffers. I purchased them. I made a note on the app and checked it off. Um, anytime you can give yourself that feeling, I don't know about you guys, but when I click something and I check that box, which you can do on to-do, it's like this feeling comes over you, like you have this power or something that you're getting things done, Right. And so I would, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like, oh, some people turn off the ding. I'm like, no, I want the ding because every time I check things, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So get organized, make that list, make a budget on that list because everybody's going to vary. You're going to spend like we have three adult children. We spend, you know, we'll tell them we're spending this amount of money. 
you one year like especially during covid when it was so yucky we said you know you guys can give us a couple ideas and then we're also going to give you some cash because we felt like it was imprudent for them to have some backup money depending on right. you know jobs and all that kind of stuff the other thing i would say is to um just make sure that you keep in mind that it's not necessarily the money that you spend on the gift it's the intention and the the emotional value put potentially behind the gift so things like media books like a, a photo book or making a video which is not hard to do which i know scares a lot of people but putting a bunch of pictures and video into something putting it onto a flash drive so they physically have something or a book those are the things that they're going to pull out later and those are great for elderly people because they don't necessarily need a lot of more things but they'd like to see their grandbabies and their family and they'd like to hear recordings things like that. Those are the things that I would do, but getting organized and making a date on your calendar six months from Christmas to make that list and make that budget would be probably one of my number one things I would suggest. Absolutely. It's a genius idea. I absolutely love that. I would love to jump in after that. Um, a, a thing I've been doing, I have eight grandchildren. So I start shopping like the day after Christmas. <laughs> And if I see something on sale that I think would be appropriate for them, and I have seven girls and one boy, so, and some of them are almost the same age, long story. I have a box in my closet, and if I see something on sale that I think they would love, I buy it and I put it in the in the box. And it has saved my butt so many times because, you know, even birthdays, it's not just Christmas. I just buy stuff that I think, you know, is age appropriate and they would love. And I put it in the closet. And then when it's birthday time or Christmas time, it's like, oh, this would be great for her or her, her, you know, and I divvy them out that way. So my shopping is done way before. And then, like I said, I have birthdays throughout the year too. So I've got that covered as well. Absolutely. I don't like you, Kathy. That's too much. <laughs> well, I don't have, but I don't have, I don't have the budget, you know, it's like, oh, I've got this person, that person, but it's, I've been doing that for years with all my grandchildren. It's like, it just makes it easier for me. I would love to do that. I need to do that. Sarah, what are some of your thoughts? No grandchildren here yet. So thank you, God. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I like the idea of group gifting. So if you have a big family or a big group of friends, rather than have to buy for everyone or a bunch of them, throw everyone's name into a box, everyone draw a name out and you just buy for that one person. So that's going to help with your expenses during the holidays. Also for traveling, use your rewards for hotels, for flights. Also go during non-peak times. That's huge so for traveling. And then of course, as we've already discussed, impulse buying, which I do have an issue with. So I need to be better about that, but stick to your budget for sure. I think you made a good point as far as traveling, right? So I know like we're planning a trip um, for a little bit later and we've done a couple of this year. I've gone out to see my sister, sent my kids out to see my sister. I really have noticed, I've never traveled by plane a lot before now, but I've really noticed and apparently a lot of other people already know this. If you book your tickets at least six weeks before you plan on flying, the rates are almost half of what they are. So really understanding, making that plan ahead of time. If you're going to be flying, if you're going to be driving, right? Like really prepare yourself six to eight weeks ahead of time. Get those tickets and everything that you're going to need. Get everything set up and always, always pay the extra $20 
to be able to get a refund on those flights if something happens, whether it's your fault because someone's sick, you can't go, or something going on with the airline itself, right? Um, another thing I like to add to this is, you know, when we're planning for the holiday season, doing investments, a lot of people are afraid of investments and learning how to invest in different things. And I think that's something crucial that will help overall financial wellness, not just with the holiday season, learning how to invest your money, not just having it sit in a savings account where it's not gathering any interest. Um, but also with our older kids, one of the things that we've been able to do is teach them about investments and encourage them to learn more especially my almost 21 year old, you know, him and his cousin have frequent conversations about investing in things like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and all these other things. So being able to learn from him and him learn from us, all these other things that we are aware of, um, it helps to prepare them for the future to secure that they are going to have sound financial wellness, that they are going to be prepared for anything. So I think it's really important to not just look at your situation right now in this season, but what are those gifts and what is that education that you can provide, especially when you have older kids in your family, the education that is going to be very positive and outcomes for them down the line, 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line, because they have understood how important it is to invest in their financial health as they get older. Um, creating new traditions beyond material gifts. This is a topic I am very excited to kind of get into um, to combat financial stress, many families are starting to embrace the idea of non-materialistic traditions. So shifting the focus away from gifts can lead to more meaningful experiences, right? These traditions tend to strengthen family bonds without adding financial pressure and stress. However, it can be hard to get the whole family on board with creating new traditions. Um, because a lot of people, like we said, we're in that, that society of we have that fear of missing out and we need that instant gratification, right? So let's talk about some creative examples of non-materialistic traditions that families can adopt, helping them to foster those deeper connections and helping to shift their focus from material gifts. Jane, let's start with you. Yeah, so some simple things that came to mind right off the bat is volunteering. And the impact of volunteering is amazing. Uh, you can volunteer for those that are less fortunate, give back to the community, uh, and you're spending quality time together. So it's a win-win. And um, you can go to a food bank, uh, animal shelter, or a nursing home. I myself, when my mom was in a nursing home, even during the holidays, it was pretty sad to see the low rates of visitors um, come in. And so I know for a fact that the residents would, would highly appreciate someone coming in and, and doing things with them, even if they sing carols with them or give them car, hand out cards or whatever it is, um, along with cooking together as a family. And you can, uh, you know, try out new recipes and such, uh, and just have that bonding experience with, uh, you know, good foods and camaraderie and enjoying, enjoying the whole process. So I think those are really helpful. I love those ideas, Jane, because they're, you, you need to plan them, but they're not, they're not going to take up tons of time and everybody can do something like that. It has nothing to do with what, how deep your pocket is. And, um, you know, I know, I know people that have put together 
Ziploc bags with socks and a toothbrush and toothpaste and just literally walked the streets of Chicago and just handed them out. There was not a lack of people that they could do that for. Um, I know one thing as a kid that um, our neighborhood did, um, which was kind of cool. My parents had a very tight neighborhood of people. We did caroling as kids and adults. We went as a huge group and did that. And it doesn't have to be on Christmas Eve. It could be you know, before or after Christmas, something like that. Um, and then one thing that's pretty cool that's fun to do, um, especially if you have, I don't, grandkids, but if you have grandkids, it's hilarious. Um, you draw a name out of a hat and everybody keeps it a secret. And if there's people that need little partners, they can have an adult partner, but they write a letter about their the qualities of the person's name that they drew out of the hat that they liked and that, you know, special superpowers that they have. And then also kind of maybe their vision of where that person's going to be in five years. And when you go to read those things, it's really heartwarming, especially from the kids, because the stuff that kids come up with is just genuine. You know, it's authentic. It's not something that they sat and spent a whole lot of time on. So anytime you can spur creativity, and helping people kind of bond with someone else, especially if you partner people that maybe don't know each other that well, or a grandma or grandpa with a little person um, to help them, you know, if they can't write yet and things like that. So those kinds of things, I feel like, are the things that people remember more than the the cake or the turkey or the special, you know, food that they brought. Yeah, I love that idea. Like I learned so much, even just doing this podcast, I learned a lot myself. So that's, that's awesome, Bobby. Yeah. That reminds me of a thought I had too, is, um, you know, Christmas or the holidays, you know, is one of the few times that we get the whole family together, you know, Mm -hmm. so take that a a step further and you have your grandparents, your aunts and uncles, you know, they're elderly. They have so many stories to share. Oh my gosh. Get out your recorder, have that interaction with them, ask them some really great questions about their childhood, you know, where they grew up, their jobs, you know, all of those things that you, you'll, you know, you may not have them next year. So ask them those questions and record it. And something else you said, Bobby, reminded me of a, um, a mission I was on a few years ago. I was actually involved in a coat drive. Um, I live in Florida. You guys know that, but the rest of the audience doesn't. I live in Florida. So we collected coats and then went downtown and handed them out to the homeless people, you know, right at Christmas time. And they were so grateful. And it's right be- right before it really starts getting cold here. So it was it was really a blessing to be able to be a part of that. So if anybody wants to take that idea and run with it, it would be it would be great. We have that here too. We do a lot of that here. Our church actually does something called Angel Tree. Um, and it is people who are incarcerated um, in prison and they obviously cannot buy their children gifts, right? Um, so they provide the church with their family members, um, their kids at home and the gifts that you know they have been told that they want. And our, our congregation goes and we purchase those gifts. We wrap them. I'm usually on the wrapping team and everything. We have a whole like Christmas party for these families. So these families come in and we have cookies and drinks and a movie and activities for the kids. And they get to take these presents home so that there's presents from their mom or dad who are in prison under the Christmas tree for Christmas morning. And it's just been a great thing to see the smiles on their faces. 
one of you had mentioned, you know, um, I think Bobby, it was you, you know, like in Chicago, of course, we both live in the same state, but, you know, doing things like putting little bags together and handing them out to the homeless. And that's also something that you can do all year long, you know, have those ready in your car. Um, it's a discussion that's come up several times in our family where, you know, obviously you have those people who will take advantage that they act like they're homeless and they're not homeless. And, you know, you find out they've got, you know, a lot of money, they've got nice houses, nice cars, right? But the majority of people, especially nowadays, they they are homeless and they do appreciate it. And it's not our, it's not our place to judge when it comes to the holidays, when it comes to any time of year, it's not our place to judge. If we felt led to help somebody, if we felt led to, you know, hand them some money, to hand them a sandwich and a drink or, you know, um, hygiene supplies and stuff like that. What they do with that is their choice. It's our intuition that we follow to provide that for them. It's not our our job to judge them and what they're going to do with that or what that's going to lead to, right? So I think that's just um, a perception and a thought to really, really keep in mind this year. You know, don't judge other people. Just be open. Be giving with your heart. Um, Sarah, what are what are some of your thoughts? I was just going to suggest like a, a family activity day, whether it's doing something like you suggested, Shannon, giving back as a family, <clears throat> excuse me, as a family, or doing something like all going out ice skating together, um, going to the Christmas tree lighting in your in your town, or a holiday concert during the season, um, just a nature hike, depending on the weather, of course, though some people maybe want to hike through the woods in the winter, not me, but but that might be something that with little kids, they might like enjoy doing. So um, another thing, instead of exchanging presents, giving the gift of experience. So creating little coupon books for things throughout the year that you could do like a movie night, a themed dinner night at home, maybe even a spa day at home. If you have a bunch of little girls, they might like like a fun little spa day with mommy, um, road trip to a museum or, a cute little town that has cute shops around your area. So things like that, that might just be something different that you could do that hopefully are going to be more low cost. And on that note, um, you know, talking about some of those low cost activities, right? Like we have, you can have low cost activities or you can just have family experiences together, right? Like where the whole point is to nurture those family connections, whether it's just immediate family or it's all with extended family, um, you know, I know my sister, one of the traditions is for all of her kids and the grandkids and everything to go out and get a Christmas tree every year, right? Um, as a family ourselves, like we like to do that as well. We, you know, decorate the tree together. We make it a whole day. Um, and we also do things like what are some places around here that we can go to? We have a, a reindeer farm that's close to us. Um, we have we live in the Midwest. So there's a lot of festivities that go along, you know, like every weekend. There's some type of um, festivity going on somewhere that we can kind of all do together. So what are some other creative and budget friendly activities that families can engage with and, and strengthen their family bonds together and creating new traditions. Um, just, you know, I think that's one of the important things is breaking from the old traditions that are stressful and creating new traditions that release you from that stress and the finances and, and all of that. So what are, what are some thoughts? 
Well, first things I thought about were the holiday lights tours, and you can also, you can take a drive or walk around your neighborhood with your people, uh, look at the holiday lights, enjoy that, uh, you know, remark about the decorations, maybe get inspired for decorations for what you plan to do for the following season. Um, it's an easy and budget-friendly way to, uh, you know, bring people together, enjoy each other's company. You can also do some crafting together. Uh, I'm a pretty crafty person, so I appreciate anybody who would make something for me, handmade and such. Uh, you can make gifts or decorations. And you can also bring homemade meals or baked goods to shut-ins. Again, it's, it's that remembering people that can't necessarily get out and do things during the holidays for whatever reason. And just, just that little gesture can go a long way in uh, the person feeling cared for and it's heartwarming as well for you. And I thought those would be really good to do. I have a family that um, on my husband's side, especially that loves to play games and um, loves competition. So we have to be careful about that piece of it because some people can get over competitive. I'm sure you guys have experienced that. But um, some of the things that we've done in the past, one of the things I enjoy doing um, or my husband enjoys doing is at Easter, we have a massive scavenger hunt, like egg hunt for sure. And there's always the, the golden Easter egg with the cash in it, that kind of stuff. And we're talking, these kids are in college and adults now and they still look forward to it. So that's kind of fun. Um, but you can also do um, just different games, who's ever hosting, or you can be the person who brings the game, bring, put it in a laundry basket or whatever, but like put numbers under solo cups and, you know, then there'll be a trivia question or something like that. And then if they get it right, then they pick a prize or something. And what we did is just everybody who was coming in our party, that's how many little prizes doesn't have to be anything like there were lotto tickets there was you know a chapstick I mean it just very little little things but it was just the camaraderie of the competition and the fun of people kind of trying to figure out the answers to the questions or um, that that just made the event more fun and social and um, I think that's really kind of the intention of holidays is it's not about the presents it's really not about the food it's about the time you spend together as a family and you know your christian faith and just really having you know if you can even do bible verses or things like that so i think anytime you infuse fun into it and then even have like the decorating piece of it you know maybe if you've got smaller kids and they need to have something to do set up a little decoration area whether it's cookies or you know a picture frame or something like that Absolutely. I think one of the things that I loved doing for my kids was obviously when, before I started homeschooling them, you know, they're home from school for so many weeks, you know, especially around Christmas time. Right. And so I actually would create and just because they get excited about the holidays starting, you know, after Thanksgiving. So I created a wooden tree that had clothespins on it. And so I had a date for each day leading up to Christmas and little clothespin have on it and on the back would be a bible verse an activity that we were going to do together and kind of a topic that we were going to talk about like gratitude or something like that and so we would do that every day and the activity literally only took like 20 minutes but it was enough for them to remember and even as teenagers like i almost 21 year old and 18 year old and they get excited because they want me to bring that wooden tree up so we can do it 
gets a little harder as we as they get older, right? Because they're not little kids, aren't gonna do a little crafting activity anymore. But creating that tradition, that's something that they look forward to. And as they've gotten older, you know, making that transition from when our kids are younger to when they're older, now doing something like planning a trip that they're going to find out about on Christmas morning that's going to happen in the next couple of months or something, right? Like we took them to Florida to rock the universe, which is two days of a Christian concert in Universal. Um, it was one of the best things we've ever done for them. They loved it. All their favorite bands were there and everything. They didn't get much else that year, but that was enough for them. So it's that experience and family time together. Their dad's a truck driver, so it was really, really important for them to be able to spend that time with him um, during those the week that we were there. So, um, Kathy, how about your thoughts? Um, love having a holiday movie marathon day. You know, yeah. have everybody pick their own, their favorite movie, Christmas movie, and break out the hot chocolate and the popcorn and maybe even a couple of candy canes, you know, <laughs> and just sit around and watch movies all day. You know, just have that, like you said, the experiences. Um, another one I think y'all have mentioned, too, is getting getting the kids together, grandkids together, depending on where you're at in life, and baking some cookies, you know, make your grandmother's recipes, you know, build a gingerbread house, you know, something of that nature. I think um, kids don't get that one-on-one -on -one so much with their parents and or grandparents as much as we used to. And I think it's so important to build those relationships and um, you know, make those memories. So those are a couple of things that I would like to interject. Yeah, I would Absolutely. have to agree, Kathy, the cookie baking that would have to be my number one favorite thing of the entire season that we as a family look forward to, at least my girls and I, not so much my husband and my son, but um, we love to bake cookies, gluten-free of course, but in lots of them. So um, that's something. Another thing is starting a family tradition of like a memory jar that throughout the year you put in memorable um experiences or memorable moments everyone puts it in the jar and at the end of the year during the holiday time pick a night make it a nice you know whether it's maybe it's your cookie making night have some cookies and everyone go through the jar and pull them out and read them so that's a fun thing that you could do to start as a new tradition and then another one some people like to get dressed up take pictures of each other or, you know like the kids um maybe not so much when they're young i you know that was stressful. I don't know if any of you have gone through that, but when the kids were little and they're on the front porch and it's, you know, 30 degrees out and one of them's crying or one of them, you know, they're goofing out around. And then I turn into psycho mommy, just smile, smile, you know, didn't end well. So maybe wait till they're older to do that unless you have a lot of patience, which I did not. So, well, I think, I think piggybacking on that though, Sarah, is that kind of goes with that gratification type of society we're in. Like we're all trying to portray the perfect family, but yet some of the best memories are going to be when you've snapped those pictures in those imperfect moments, because yes. those really highlight what your family was about. I'm one of those people where when I've got people who are setting up for a picture, whatever, I'm taking pictures as everybody's setting up because the goofy faces oh, yeah. come out, everything like that, right? And those are the ones that, you know, we're looking through and those typically are the ones that everybody's choosing, you know, to kind of send oh, out. Yeah. So I still um, look back and laugh at the one, I think my son, our youngest had to be probably three or four and they were goofing off. And I can see in that picture, I mean, it's so darn cute, the picture. I finally did get the picture. I can see their tears in his eyes from me probably yelling. <laughs> 
And I just laugh. I think, oh, if I just, my older self could tell my younger self just to calm down. Right. Absolutely. And so I think, you know, with everything that we've talked about um, and with these last few questions I've asked you, really, it's learning how to not just focus on the day, not just focus on Thanksgiving, not just focus on what is going to happen Christmas morning. It is the experiences and the connections with family that happen leading up to those moments. Mm -hmm. And when you're creating all those memories and those fun times and those connections, when you actually get to Christmas morning, it really doesn't matter because everybody is really appreciating and thankful for the experiences and the connections that they've been able to make when the rest of the year has been so busy, you know? Um, so that's the most important thing that I hope all of our listeners kind of take away from that. And that leads into what I really want to talk about in our next session is practicing mindfulness and gratitude. Um, people tend to get angry during the holidays. <laughs> they lose their patience, right? Um, we've all done it. Um, I'm sure we will all continue to do it here and now. None of us are perfect. Um, but as we continue our exploration of meaningful holiday traditions, I think we really need to turn our attention to the power of mindfulness and gratitude. You know, these practices hold the potential to not only ease financial stress, but to also enhance the overall well-being of our families. Mindfulness involves being aware of the present moment without judgment. It's about paying deliberate attention to your thoughts, your feelings, and your surroundings. And during the holidays, mindfulness can help individuals stay grounded, manage stress, find joy in the simplest of activities. And practicing mindfulness can be as simple as savoring the taste of a holiday meal, um, taking a moment to appreciate the beauty of the decorations that someone or yourself has put up, or focusing on breathing when you find yourself in a moment of being overwhelmed. Gratitude involves recognizing and acknowledging the positive aspects of life, both big and small. During the season, the holiday season, practicing gratitude means deliberately focusing on the things that you're thankful for. This can include appreciating the company of loved ones, acknowledging the warmth of a cozy gathering, um, expressing gratitude for the experiences that you've had throughout the year, um, that memory jar, um, like Sarah suggested. And cultivating gratitude can lead to a more positive outlook and an increased sense of well-being. Um, practicing mindfulness and gratitude every day encourages a shift in focus from material possessions to the intangible gifts that life has to offer, fostering a deeper sense of connection, contentment, and holistic wellness. Talking about things like the memorable jar, right? All those memories and everything I think is great, especially when we talk about a Christmas season, right? Because we all tend to focus on gratitude and thankfulness for Thanksgiving. And it just kind of stops there, you know, and we really should be taking it to a whole new level and practicing it every day of the year. It becomes kind of a focus during the holiday season, but we should be doing it every day of the year. How have you guys found and seen that mindfulness and gratitude practices contribute in reducing that financial stress and overall promoting a sense of holistic wellness um, during the holiday season and the rest of the year? Okay, I think that there are some really super simple ways to take five, you can slow down and just think about things, reflect, refresh and restart, right? So one of them, and I do this myself as well, sometimes I forget, 
I'm human, right? Um, gratitude journaling. Uh, so you're basically writing down things that you're already thankful for. And that can really shift your focus from what you don't have to what you do have. And when we think, when we think about that, we have a lot, right? So in and of itself reduces feelings of stress and anxiety and puts things in perspective. And it, it kind of just totally gives the feeling of lack the kibosh, right? You, you like, no, I don't, I don't lack anything. I am full, right? I have abundance in my life. And then there's the uh, reversing the impulse to buy by taking mindful breaths, deep breaths. You can also call a friend to resist the urge to uh, go and hit um, purchase on something online or whatnot. Or if you're shopping with a friend in the store, you can do that as well. You can put down your phone if that's what you're using to shop. You can just put it down and just reflect on, uh, do I really need this? Uh, does the other person really need this? What would be better? What are better options, right? And so it helps reduce carelessness and promotes financial wellness that way. Just being mindful, taking those few deep breaths can really help. Yeah, I think one of the most important things that we have learned in our financial journey is waiting 24 hours before we make a decision on anything, even if it's something we see on sale in the store, you know, all of a sudden you get all oh, the sales ending today, I have to have it today. It's hard to walk away in those moments. But when you give yourself that 24 hour permission to just sit and think about it, it becomes unimportant or not as important as you thought it was in that moment, right? Um, so it's very important. Just give yourself that mindfulness to think, just wait and think. I like that idea of the waiting. I think teaching our kids that is very empowering to them, you know, slowing them down, slowing ourselves down, but slowing them down and maybe not answering right away, yes or no, but just let's think about that. You know, what you think about that, make a list of the things, you know, that you want for Christmas. And is that the number one thing on your list? shifting gears to mindfulness or gratitude. Um, I wanted to drop this in earlier, but it might not be the best place right now, but my sister passed away last November, 2022, uh, long battle with pancreatic cancer and she has five granddaughters. So it was right, literally right before Thanksgiving. And so I had thought, you know, how can we bring her, she was called Grammy, Grammy to life at Christmas time. And so it, I, when we got together with that part of my family, um, I'd gotten them all uh, little aprons and we decided we were going to make cookies. And that's what we did in, on behalf of Grammy because my sister was, a, she liked to bake. Um, she made fudge. She made these Christmas Santa faces that my mom actually made. And my sister kept that tradition going and that kind of stuff. And she just always had all of these amazing little Christmas treats. And so with her grandkids, we rolled out the dough and everything, of course, as, as it does, mushes all together. So all of the sugar cookies didn't necessarily look the way they were, but they had the little baskets, each had a little thing, family to take home. And it was just really about bringing Grammy to life and bringing that gratitude in that, you know, they had their grandma and help, help them kind of just remember like what it's all about. What is gratitude and thankfulness about? And they were thankful that they got special ornaments that she had actually pre-purchased before she passed away for each of them. So I think when you bring that spirit 
into Christmas, it wipes away like the financial piece of it and the like how much did you spend on your gift for your so-and-so and brings in the spirit of just what Christmas is all about. It's like giving your love. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, we're all tearing up here. We're all, we're all tearing <laughs> up here. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, that, I, I can't think of anything more important to bring the spirit of Christmas and the holidays, even when it's Thanksgiving around. You know, when we are remembering traditions that older family members brought to the table, that they continued from generations um, you know, my sister um, and her family, she married Italian and they make pasta every year. Like it's a big to do. There's so many traditions that they have and it just brings everybody together, you know, and, and her grandkids are going to learn to continue that, you know, so I, I cannot think of anything better to be able to do. Um, and that's why we have the traditions that we do have today, right? Is because family members have stepped up and found the importance in those in the gratitude of our former ancestors and bringing those things to the table continuously throughout generations, for sure. Kathy, what are some of your thoughts? I can't top that. <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, that that was just a, a. I think that was a perfect ending. I mean, the rela relationships. I mean, the m mindfulness and gratitude of your family and friends, um, the traditions. I I think that's, you know, what we're all trying to accomplish here during the holidays. So, um, I think what Bobby had shared is, it was a perfect, perfect uh, ending for our discussion here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sarah, is there anything else you want to add as we wrap up? Yeah, just a couple of things. And back, just to kind of piggyback on Bobby, what she was talking about, just the satisfaction with simplicity, right? Yeah. Baking those cookies with the grandchildren and their grandmother's memory. I mean, how special is that, right? It just goes to show you who's it's people who are important, right? Mm -hmm. And there's so many people during the season, the last few years, who are struggling because of the loss because of what we've gone through in this world, right? So I think, I mean, it's made me really think about what's really important to me during the season. And really it's, you know, God, my health, my family, my friends, um, my life. It's its not all these materialistic things. So that's important. And, and just, I think mindfulness helps with generosity, right? Mm -hmm. When you are thankful for your blessings in your life, you're going to be more inspired to give back to people who are less fortunate. So those are the only couple of things that I thought I'd mention. I think what we've really portrayed in this episode of Wellness Wisdom Podcast is looking for the humanity over materialism throughout our holidays and through every day in the year. You know, it's something that we miss so often. It's like you, you know, walking in a busy town and busy like New York City, right? Nobody's smiling and it's a smile that can literally change somebody's day. And the reason is, is because we're touching humanity. We don't have stressors. We're not worried about materialism. We're touching humanity and that's what everybody needs. So that's an important thing. You know, as we wrap up this week's very enlightening conversation um, on financial stress around the holidays, we hope that you have found valuable insights into navigating your upcoming holiday season with intention and holistic wellness in mind. Remember that it's not about the price tags or the perfectly wrapped gifts. It's about the moments that truly matter. It's the humanity over materialism. 
our North Star tip for the day from today's episode is embrace the power of meaningful connections, practice mindfulness, and cultivate gratitude as you celebrate with your loved ones. By shifting your focus into these intangible treasures, you'll uncover a holiday season that is rich with purpose, joy, and cherished memories. Quotes for today to consider. Again, thank you, Bobby. She always comes with these awesome quotes. So I love that, Bobby. Kindness is like snow. It beautifies everything it covers. From Khalil Gibran. And then love the giver more the gift, more than the gift. From Brigham Young. Thank you for joining us on this journey of exploration and growth. And we look forward to sharing more wellness wisdom in our upcoming episodes. Until next time, stay well and be kind to yourself. Have a great week, everyone.